0: Most people work for money, but our guest, Richard Alvarez, has learned how to get money to work for him. Richard is a successful entrepreneur who has created multiple streams of income for himself. However, Richard did not start off being successful. In this episode of the Latino Business Report, you will hear Richard talk about how his dreams of being a professional baseball player were shattered, how he couldn't keep a job, And about the multiple times he failed in business before he finally figured out what worked for him. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas, since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to our episode. Today we're going to be talking with a gentleman, Richard Alvarez. Richard is an unusual kind of guy. He is a surreal entrepreneur. He believes in multiple streams of income. Once he gets one thing going, he's not satisfied and he has to start something else. As most of us are content with one or two sources of income, not Richard. He has multiple sources of income and he's actually turned that diversity of a portfolio, if you will, into a very successful business or businesses. With that, let's go ahead and introduce on today's episode, Richard Alvarez. Richard, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking.
0: Hey, thank you for, thank you for being with us. Now, Richard, before we get started, let's get a little bit of background on you. Uh, I understand you are um, of Cuban descent, but raised in Puerto Rico, and um, you are also, as a young man, a uh, semi-pro professional baseball player
1: oh yeah i started playing ball when i was five years old actually as uh, cubans uh, growing up my dad always i mean my dad played ball back in cuba so i mean growing for, up, Cub-
0: for cubans that's an industry isn't it just making baseball yes. players and exporting them to the u.s
1: a hundred percent for centuries
0: <laughs> tell us about that experience and then what happened
1: well, it was it was a great uh, experience for me. It got me closer to my father, which is was my idol, and um, you know started developing a talent from a very young age, and went all, all the way through the uh, process of becoming a a professional ball player. I remember back in the day when, when I was playing; all my summers were training. My friends were vacationing, doing this and doing that. And I was just on the baseball field doing my thing. And it paid off. I mean, when I was 15, I was discovered by a scout and went through the whole entire uh, process of becoming a, a, a professional ball player. So met a lot of cool people, met a lot of uh, professional players, learned about discipline, learned about commitment, Learn about a lot of the stuff that I use nowadays in my business career.
0: Okay, so what happened?
1: Well, when I was 16 years old, turning about to turn 17, I was um, injured in in a exhibition game, and it was I was a catcher, so I got a really bad injury—one, my right knee. Um, got rehabbed, went up to 90 percent, and boom, got injured again. So when I was 18, I knew I wasn't going to play ball anymore. And I was just, it was just the only thing I was going to do in life. Uh, that was my plan A. I didn't have a plan B, C, or D. That's it.
0: That was your passion. You had everything focused in being a professional ball player and making your fortune Absolutely.
1: that way. 100%. So how did you handle that?
0: Well, I mean, after two injuries like that, you realized you couldn't play anymore. How
1: did that affect you? It was it was a really bad and dramatic experience for me. I mean, it was just um, a combination um, of of actually even shame. You know, yeah, I was disappointing a whole bunch of people, especially my family. My whole entire family was um, just rooting for me, and it was they were just waiting for the inevitable, quote unquote, to happen to see me wearing that big league uniform. And it was a very, uh, it was kind of a depressing, uh, you know, it, w- it was it was not, I wasn't in a good place. Uh, and most of all, I didn't know what else I was going to do. I mean, now what? So it was a very trying uh, times. And it started something new in my life that uh, I took it all the way to where I'm at today.
0: Yep. Okay, let's, you're 18 years old, you blew out, you, you have injuries, you can't work, so what did you do? I mean, you're an adult, you had to work doing something, so what did you do at that time?
1: So that was when I decided, and my dad told me, so what are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know, and he said, just, you got to go to school, and I was never a good student in high school, you know, I consider myself to be decent, smart, uh, but I mean, school was not my thing, and I went to college, and three months in college, I told my dad, look, don't waste your money. College is not for me. I'm <laughs> Ain't not gonna work, a, dad. It's not gonna work. I'm not college material, and, <laughs> and he said, so, but you need to do something. So, I was now 19, uh, about to embark in my new venture as an employee, so... Back then, I moved back to Miami, uh, was 19, uh, going into 20, um, and I started the my working experience in Miami. Okay.
0: How did that work out for you?
1: That did not go well. <laughs> I got actually fired from every job that I had, so um, I couldn't, couldn't, I mean, I remember- I couldn't keep a job. I just remember last time that I got fired. My boss sent me to to take my lunch, and I said, "No, I, I don't have to. I'm not hungry." And he said, "But it's your lunch time. Just go to go to lunch." Let's say, but I'm not hungry, and he kept saying, "But you need to go to lunch," and I kept saying, "I'm not hungry." And I remember these words till today. Um, he said, "Let's do this. Just just go to go home." Have lunch whenever you want, but never come back here. So <laughs> <laughs> I call it the walk of shame going yeah. home. Yeah. And And thinking, wow, um, I'm associating eating when I'm hungry, you not know, when somebody tells me like, that I got to go to lunch. And actually, it was, it was scary. You know, it was unsettling. But um, looking back, it was one of the best things that it happened to me in life, because he pushed me to do more, to explore more, to ask more of me, to blossom, to do something different.
0: Well, it sounds like he he pushed you out the door, but because of that, you have that opportunity. So now reading about you at age 20, you started working with your dad.
1: At age 20. You became an entrepreneur, if you will. Correct, a force, I call it a force entrepreneur. What I was trying to do is to, create my own job. So, uh, I mean, when I got fired, I didn't ask for help. That was my first mistake. Pride took over. So I was broke, hungry, and homeless. A couple of months just, you know, walking the streets of Miami, trying to figure out what am I gonna do with a small bag, a backpack in my bag. So literally homeless,
0: streets. literally homeless. You like sleeping on the shelters and on the streets and in a car yep. or what?
1: Yeah. Homeless by definition. All of wow. the above. No cars because I didn't have a car, but I was just, yeah, it was a really, really bad experience, but it helped me a lot. It built my helped me build my character and show me that what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be homeless. I didn't want to be hungry, you know? So I called my dad and said, dad, you know, this work employee thing is not working out. And he said, what do you mean? So, well, I got fired from every job that I had here and I'm living in the streets. And he went nuts. Why didn't you call me? What are you doing? (laughs) So (laughs) he flew to Miami and we opened uh, our first business. You know, we went into business together. I was 20. He had experience. I didn't. So we bought a little bodega in Miami beach and the name was ironic. It was called the last chance. <laughs> the, boy, yeah. <laughs> the bodega was called the last chance. The last chance. It was okay. the last chance. And it was just actually the last chance for you to stop and grab something before you go into a causeway that crosses over from Miami beach to Miami. I see. But actually it meant more than just that. It meant I, I thought it was my last chance to make some happen.
0: Okay. So how long did you work with your dad and with the bodega? I mean, is it still there? Did
1: Yeah. So my dad went back to Puerto Rico and I ran the whole thing and um, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, I remember the bodega was full of stuff, merchandise everywhere. Um, you know, it was up and running. And 10 months later, I bankrupt the bodega. It was, um, I didn't have anything left to sell. Everything was just gone and
0: that,
1: yeah. And that was my first failure in business, which by the way today, and it's been many, many years for me that I've learned that failure is part of success. You will not ever succeed if you, if you don't fail first so i saw it as a as a bad thing back in the day but i mean it was one of the best things that ever happened to me the only way to learn how to win is to fail first and failure i mean it's 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 just a step case to success
0: okay. and
1: wow i'm so glad that i failed miserably
0: Well, that being the case, I'm destined to be a very successful person because I've had a (laughs) share of failures, let me tell you. Okay, well, well, let's fast forward a little bit, um, Richard. One of the things that really perked my interest and wanted to talk to you is what you're doing with real estate. Tell us how you Mm -hmm. got into that and how that has turned into a successful business for you.
1: Well, it was just a a destiny thing. I started opening businesses and, and... doing this and doing that all kinds of businesses did you did you
0: bankrupt any other businesses or just just that one
1: a uh, another one another one a, a big clothing business that i had i made a bad, bad business decision and that was fast forward 20 years later and i was very successful and i make a, a wrong move a wrong decision business decision And that business a uh, when went south um never bankrupt uh, or never declared bankruptcy in my life and nothing to be ashamed of if i did i mean i know i know a lot of successful people that have declared bankruptcy but i mean it never happened to me but um yeah that was one of two businesses that i bankrupt i mean that i went uh, belly up on the business um pay all my debt thank god but the business was shut down (laughs)
0: so in other words what I hear you saying is you need to it's okay to fail Mm -hmm. and after you fail a few times then maybe you learn enough to actually get it right for the third or fourth time
1: actually it's the way you see failure failure it's not a failure until you quit until you remove yourself from the equation now if you quit that's a failure but if you're still in the game and there's time on that clock you still have the chance to turn around, to make new um, partnership, you meet new people, you expand your knowledge, you expand your contacts, and you make it happen again. But it's not over until you quit.
0: Okay, good advice. Good advice. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the success of your real estate investment company. Correct. How did you start it? How did you start that? And what are you doing with it now?
1: So one of the business that i opened i um i opened a food business i started with a small restaurant and back in the 90s the food truck industry was just getting really really interesting and i i moved the concept from a restaurant to a food truck and started opening franchises left and right and it was extremely successful i was doing really well uh, but it's it's just a very hard industry. So I did it for, uh, 15 to 16 years, and I knew I needed to change directions because I was making good money, but my life, my time, my health, all of the above was not doing well.
0: How many so, food trucks did you have?
1: Oh, I opened close to 22. Wow. And it was a, it was not a just like a sandwich truck or something like. That. It was seafood, so it was it was a high ticket. Oh my
0: gosh! Okay. Yeah,
1: and it was really, really, really successful. Um, and I did it in Puerto Rico, and I actually brought it, brought that concept here to Florida, and went really well. But actually, you know, you sacrifice some other things in life that are really important, like family and time and health. So I knew I needed a, a different direction. I was ready to take on a new challenge in my life. Um, Something that I have going for myself is that I'm not afraid of, of a good fight or a good challenge. I love to challenge myself. I love risk and have a, a good understanding of what it takes to, to make it happen. So, um, I went to a, to a seminar on how to, on how to invest in real estate. And it was here actually in Orlando and it was in English. And I met my mentor that is up until today, is one of my best friends today. And went through his program, learned how to invest, started you know, kicking butt right away. And I fell in love with the concept of um, leveraging on OPM on how to use other people's money to make money. I learned how to, how really money works. And that's one of the things that most people, um, is part of, um, failure on, on personal finances is that people don't understand how money works. You know, they teach us about money from a very young age. And most of the stuff that they teach us, to be honest, is garbage. It's not true. It's, it's yeah. meant to be, um, to, to have you as, as a, a employee, but they don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur on how to manage money or how to make money from money. They teach us how to work for money or, ta- or change time for money. I mean, you will never be free or financial free. If you change time for money, you're going to run out of time. So when I started listening to all these new concepts, that it was like really the opposite of what I learned. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was like I needed to hear this, you know. And I went on from there.
0: So in other words, instead of letting the money sit, exchanging your time for money and getting that money and a portion of it and sticking it in a bank for savings, it makes more sense to invest the money, use the money. And I like what you said earlier, whenever possible, use somebody else's money to get what you want. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so did, were you flipping houses or, or what were you doing in this investment company?
1: Well, the first thing that I did was, again, I learned how to, how to, um, how to manage money. And from there, I went and I built a, a plan. I mean, I put my goals, what I wanted to accomplish, when do I want it to accomplish by, and I started taking action. You know, I started buying houses, fixing houses and flipping properties. I started being the bank. You know, I was uh, lending my own money to my companies, uh, to other investors. Um, So the money was not sitting in the bank. If you put money in the bank, especially nowadays, it's evident what's happening with all these banks. Mm -hmm. So the bank will invest your money and they will not share the profits with you. And the only reason you put money in the bank is because what they taught you when you were a kid. You need to save money. You need to get a good job. I mean, they never teach you how to invest money. Actually, money is supposed to make money. Money is not supposed to be spent. I don't spend money. I spend profits. I mean, that's a way different concept. So I started building assets that they pay me monthly instead of me going out to pay somebody else, I build the assets that somebody else has to go work and pay me. So as a real estate investor, real estate pays you as a real estate owner, you pay for real estate. So I started learning all these concepts and putting them most important, putting them to the test and seeing the results of it. Once I became a believer, I was, I, was up, I was up and running.
0: You say put it to the test. How did you do that?
1: Well, the concept that I was learning from my mentor and all this new knowledge, I put it into practice. You know, I took action. And I bought my first property. And then I leveraged money. And I used some of my capital. And I went through the whole construction process, which I never did before. Mm-hmm. And put it, through it in the market, worked with realtors to sell the property, and book got a check and did it again. And I went into mobile homes, mobile home parks, and rental properties, and all kinds of, and I always like to get my hands on as much as possible so I can learn. I mean, you will learn more by doing that, by listening. So if you read a book, you're going to get maybe 17% of that. If you act on what you learn from that bug, that goes up to 80%. So I always wanted to, to do it, rather than just to sit down and listen to concepts.
0: Okay. Now, when you took this um, real estate investment course, you understand that you hired a coach, <laughs> learned more mm-hmm. about it, then you got that whole course and you translated it into Spanish. And that's Correct. how your company got going.
1: Right. So um, when I was running my my uh, food truck business, you know, I saw it was a Latino uh, business. You know, so my customers, ninety percent of them were Latinos, and I started seeing these uh, Latinos from every part of Latin America coming in, and you know, from all walks of life. Uh, you know, doctors, uh, lawyers engineers, architects, I mean dentists, you name it. And these people were here with all those um, with with all that preparation, with, with those degrees. In this country driving Uber or working on construction was the number one. I mean there's nothing wrong with working for a living, but when your background is in medicine or in law engineer and you go to school six seven eight years and in your country you're this professional and you come here to paint houses and you never paint a house in your life i mean you're not living the american dream and the common denominator for these people were it was a language and the mm-hmm. contacts and that kept running through my head in my heart and i said you know what if if this people will get the right information. At least they get a chance to get ahead. And I think they're going to do fantastic. So um, about 10 years ago, God put something in my heart uh, that I needed to do. And I started uh, praying about it. I'm not a religious guy, but I'm a very spiritual guy. I believe in God 100%. And I started you know uh, praying about what should i do how can i impact people's lives like mine once impacted so i got all this information i started translating everything building these courses on how to invest in real estate all in spanish so eight years ago i started the motions on how to build a company that can train latinos on how to invest here in the United States. So it took me a couple of years to put all the legal and all the teams and all the information together to launch what's called today, Ganadores IBR. So Ganadores IBR, it caters to the Spanish community. Um, close to a million Latinos have gone through our workshops and classes. How many? Close, Close to a million wow yep and from all countries in Latin America all of them so we have a mentorship program we have investments we have live events we have all kinds of stuff going on for the Latino community so I mean the language shouldn't be a barrier for you to 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 just take advantage of what America has to offer you know what I mean
0: so in other words, you just basically got it, learned from very good people, translated it into Spanish, and started duplicating a lot of those courses in the Spanish language for new arrivals or immigrants or whoever coming or people who just didn't know any better of how to use money and started teaching them.
1: Correct. One, one step missing there. I first learned. Second, I put it into practice. I needed to see the results. So what I teach today and all my courses are based on experiences in this business that I have done.
0: So you know know that it works.
1: And the ones that I fail miserably and the ones that I have success with. And that's how my courses are built on success and failures. Because let me tell you this, if you go into business thinking that everything is going to be peaches and cream, you're going to be super disappointed. You need to know where, uh, what the ideas are, how to put them into place, what work, and of course, what does not work. I teach my, my students all the time. You know, the best way for you to protect yourself and your finances, it's to learn. It's to learn. If you, if you take your car to the mechanic and you don't know about mechanic, uh, about, you know, anything about engines and stuff like that, The mechanic can tell you whatever and you will believe it because you don't know you won't pay for it they'll take advantage of you so the best way to learn i call it knowledge and contacts you need to have the knowledge and you need to have the contacts that way you can mitigate risk better than anybody okay
0: richard would you be willing to share with the audience today just kind of some of the tips that you that you've uh, learned and and if somebody were interested in investing into real estate, what would be the the basics they need to do? How would how would they go about starting that?
1: Beautiful. So real estate, they, they, I know I love a lot of stuff about real estate. By the way, real estate is not my passion, but it is my pension. Just want to put that out there.
0: Ah, okay. I like mm-hmm. that. Real yeah. estate is not real estate is not your passion; it is your pension.
1: Absolutely, my passion. Okay is helping people. I love that to pieces and there's no money in the world that can pay you for that satisfaction that you get when you impact somebody else's life. That's my, that's my high. That's where I'm at today. And until the day I die, that's going to be my thing. Okay. So in real estate, one of the things uh, the cool things that I love about real estate is that it really doesn't matter what the market is doing what the economy is doing, I mean, this country, we're going to face some really horrible things coming up here soon, Okay, I believe that in the next six weeks to two months, this country is going to hit a recession. How bad it's going to be, nobody knows, Okay, Not even the experts know. Not even the government knows. But I mean, there's no way to avoid a recession. Actually, the government wants a recession to tame inflation. But it, it doesn't matter how many banks fail. It doesn't matter what happened in 2008, which, by the way, I was in the business in 2008 and did pretty well. Um, the housing, it's one of the human needs. So when people are losing properties, they have to go rent. So they've the, the, the never, you're never going to run out of customers. What right. changes? The market. So a couple of months ago, actually, it looks like it was last week, but about 10 months ago, everybody was buying property because the interests were so low. So I knew that that was not going to last forever. So I knew a lot of people were buying to sell, thinking that 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 was never going to stop, which it did. Interest started going up. So the housing market cooled off a little bit. But guess what happened? People started renting more, so their rental market went up. So I always tell people there's always going to be people buying, always going to be people renting, always going to be people vacationing. So in real estate, you're never going to run out of customers. You just got to be able to adjust your strategy to capitalize on the current trend, because housing is like water and food. People need to have a roof over their heads.
0: Makes sense. some, Some of the basics. So, Richard, I'm sitting here. I got a podcast. I have a business. I want to start getting into real estate. Where would I start?
1: Right. So, it's first of all, the one thing that I teach every single week is you need to know what you need, know what you want, what you need. I need cash flow, I need to capitalize. I need to make money to do other things or other businesses like right now, the best bank in the world is called equity. Okay. If you put money in the bank and the bank goes belly up, the government will, um, yeah, they have a (laughs) FVIC bailout. Yeah. But if you put money in real estate, real estate, is not going to get up and go. So if you know what you want, I want cash flow. So there's different strategies. For cash flow for example rental properties that's cash flow and in rental properties you have a couple of different cool things you can depreciate that property on your personal taxes okay you can open a corporation and throw a couple of rental properties on that corporation and you can write off a lot of your own expenses personal expenses through that corporation and also you have equity a couple of years later from that investment that property is worth more so the renter Market is always going to be active. I mean, that's never, not everybody can buy a house. Now, Mm -hmm. if you want to get into a bigger cash flow situation, you go to multifamily. You know, I I own uh, a lot of Airbnbs. I love that business model. I don't run any of it. I pay people to run that for me, but I got cash flow. I have equity, I have depreciation, and I have appreciation. So, I mean, it all depends on what you need, not what you want.
0: Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Richard, we're almost out of time. I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. And I really, really appreciate your passion that you have for helping other people. It seems like that's the basis of your your operation. And I know you do a lot of philanthropy work and you do a lot of giving back to the community that we haven't talked about. Is there any special pet project that you're out there that that you like or want people to know about?
1: Yeah, so we're launching this year Ganadores al Rescate. That means Ganadores to the Rescue. Uh, we want we just want to get out there into the local communities and see where we can impact people. You know, I, I don't believe in, in giveaways a lot. I mean, when you give some something to somebody for free, um, the appreciation time frame is short. But if you teach them how to uh, earn a living, that stays there forever. So we want to empower um, young people. My son works, of course, with me since he's 14 years old. He's 27 now. And he also has a passion to help um, the the young, you know, the 16, 17, 18 year old kids that Mm -hmm. has so much distraction, has so much temptations. And in that age, you're trying to figure out which way you want to go in life. So I think that's a right a timing um, for somebody to come in and impact these um, uh, youngsters, you know. So we want to get out there. We want our students are going to do the same. They all understand our mission. Our mission is to give back and to try to make it better um, communities, you know, little by little, a person at a time, a group at a time. And, and we, we're going to be proactive this year, tremendously proactive this year.
0: Sounds great. Sounds great. Richard, thank you very much and very impressive, if I may say so. We're talking about a young Cuban raised in Puerto Rico who had an ambitions to play professional ball, got a couple of injuries, couldn't do that, became an employee and failed miserably about being an employee. Was asked just go to lunch and don't come back. Started, a, start, Became an entrepreneur, started some businesses, succeeded at some, failed at others, learned from those failures, and definitely understood the power of real estate, using other people's money, and having money work for you. So congratulations on your success, and we look forward to hearing about you even more. And I hope that your prediction of a recession in the next six to ten weeks is incorrect. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Our guest today has been entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, Richard Alvarez. And um, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host. And you can find all our episodes on latinobusinessreport.com. We're also on YouTube. And I like what you say. I like what you're doing. And it goes along with what I tell a lot of people all the time. Money should be a byproduct of doing what you love doing.
1: Amen.